Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Today is Tuesday, so we are in the New Testament today. We are going to be discussing the book of Acts on this lovely morning. You know, on Thursday or Friday, I think I was complaining about the weather last week because we were having so much rain and so much humidity, and now I feel bad because the weather has just been absolutely beautiful. My area has been blessed with three gorgeous, sun-filled days, and I'm just so thankful for it. So anyway, let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 2 today. This is the start of Peter's sermon, and this sermon is absolutely wonderful in so many different ways. And so we're going to discuss the aspects of this sermon. But before I begin today, I want to do a quick recap where we discussed on Thursday about how the Holy Spirit came down and baptized a group of about 120 people. And then that's where you hear the story of the tongues of fire, like resting above the heads of the people. And they were able to go out into Jerusalem and begin to speak in different languages. The spirit blessed them with the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. And this would have been a very good gift for the early church members to have because Christianity wasn't widespread yet. And so the gift of tongues would help the early Christians speak to other people about the gospel in their native language. And so that would be a very good gift for the the people of the early church to have. So the Holy Spirit comes down and baptizes the group of 120 people and uh, blesses them with the gift of speaking in tongues. Now, some people who were in Jerusalem thought that the people speaking in tongues had gone crazy and were, in fact, drunk. So now we are going to see Peter address those remarks and address those false accusations. And so let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. And as I usually do not, I will be reading out of the NIV version this morning. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee this morning and also the, the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. And let's read Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all the people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so the the Holy Spirit had just baptized about 120 people and each of them began speaking in tongues. Now, there were a ton of people in Jerusalem at this time because of the Pentecost or the Feast of the First Fruits. The Feast of the First Fruits was a feast where people from all over the ancient world would go to Jerusalem and basically present offerings of the first of their crops that came in. And so they would go to Jerusalem, uh, present these offerings to the temple, and then have a feast. So this was a very well-traveled holiday for the Jews. So there were a ton of people in Jerusalem because of the Pentecost or the Feast of First Fruits. So all these people in Jerusalem 
begin to hear the disciples and all the other people who are baptized with the Holy Spirit begin speaking in tongues. And this would have been fantastic to them because they were from all over the ancient world and they spoke all sorts of different languages. And so they were hearing their languages being spoken. And this was fantastical to them because they're like, aren't all these people speaking our languages Galilean? Like they shouldn't know our our language. How do they know our languages? But some of them begin to say, oh, you know, these people speaking in tongues here, they're just drunk. They're drunk off their butts. And that's how they're able to do this. So Peter stands up with the 11, the other disciples, and he raises his voice to address the crowd. Now, this is one of the reasons why this sermon is so amazing is because it was totally unscripted. This was Peter in the moment, being filled with the Holy Spirit, having courage and boldness to get up and begin speaking to literally thousands of people that were in Jerusalem at this time. And we know there were thousands listening because it says at the very end of this chapter that 3,000 people, because of Peter's sermon, actually became Christians. 3,000 people. So you can imagine how many people were actually standing there listening to Peter present this sermon. And once again, totally unscripted. This was fully a sermon from the Holy Spirit that was residing um, in, in Peter. And so Peter addresses the crowd and here's what he says. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and listen very carefully to what I say. These people here are not drunk as you suppose, because it's only nine in the morning and Jews just didn't drink in the morning. Whether or not they were devout, most Jews just didn't drink in the morning. And so Peter reminds the crowd of this fact and he says, we're all Jews. You know, we don't drink in the morning and it's nine in the morning. We aren't drunk. And so he says, what's happening here and why you're hearing these people speaking in tongues is because of prophecy. Prophecy from the prophet Joel. Now, Joel was a prophet way back in the Old Testament who actually prophesied about the second coming of Jesus. Not the first coming, but the second coming of Jesus. And so Peter begins to quote the prophet Joel. And this is from Joel 2, verses 28 through 32. Now, this is another amazing thing about this sermon. Did Peter have these scriptures memorized? Possibly because he was a, a Jewish man. He might have known these scriptures already. But just to relate these scriptures to what was happening in that moment was amazing. Because you can imagine that people didn't understand the second coming of the Messiah. They only understood the, the first coming of the Messiah back in these days. But Peter was able to relate what Joel said to this moment right here. So here's what it says. In the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. And once again, this is a prophecy from Joel. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So you can see here that this is very much talking about the second coming of Jesus and what's going to happen before Jesus comes again in the last days. Okay, so that's basically now. <laughs> that's 
now and also when Jesus first ascended up into heaven. We are now waiting. We are in the last days waiting for Jesus to come again. And that will be the last coming of Jesus, the last and final coming of Jesus. And then Jesus will reign for all of eternity after that when he comes the second time. And you might be wondering, well, why is it so long? Like it's been 2000 years since then. So how can we still be in the last days? And how could Peter have been in the last days? Well, it says in scripture, actually, that time works differently to God. God is basically beyond time. It actually says that to God, a day is like a thousand years and also a thousand years is like a day. So that means that God just works outside of time. So time is different to God. And so, yes, I do believe that you and I nowadays are in the last days. And so was Peter, basically from the time Jesus ascended up into heaven, like I said, And we don't know how long the last days will last. It could be another thousand years because that's only like a day to God. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, we're in the last days. But anyway, it says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And then it lists all the different types of people that are going to experience God's Holy Spirit. And it was both men and women and children and elderly. Now, this would have been countercultural in Peter's day, because firstly, children didn't have um, a lot of rights. (laughs) Children had basically no rights at all in Peter's day. So that's something super countercultural that children would be able to experience the Holy Spirit. And then women as well would be able to experience the Holy Spirit. That would be something once again, countercultural. And then elderly, where widows and widowers were considered to be lesser citizens. And they also would be able to experience the Holy Spirit. Any person of any nationality and any age could experience the Holy Spirit, not just Jewish people. And so that's what this prophecy is talking about, that the Holy Spirit will begin to work in the last days where people will begin to have the gift of prophecy and the gift of visions and the gift of tongues and just these amazing gifts that the Holy Spirit is able to give us. Now, if you're curious about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, that's listed out, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 14, where where Paul talks about the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And each of us, if we have the Holy Spirit, has been blessed with a certain spiritual gift. And it's certainly not always prophecy and it's not always speaking in tongues and it's not always, you know, dreaming dreams or having visions or anything like that. It can be things that are more behind the scenes, like wisdom or administrative type of gifts or discernment or mercy. I think mercy is one of them. I think prayer is another one of them. But regardless, if you have the Holy Spirit, you've been given a spiritual gift. But we'll get, we'll get more into the spiritual gifts later on. But anyway, Peter goes on to talk about this prophecy from Joel. And he says, Joel says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice that right there. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So any person, any single person, Jewish or Gentile, will be saved if they call on the name of Yahweh. But then it talks about all these 
amazing signs and wonders that Yahweh is going to show the earth before Jesus comes again. And this is specifically so that people will begin to turn to Yahweh because when the sun is turned to darkness and the moon is turned to blood, I'm pretty sure people are going to be like, what is happening? This seems very scary and (laughs) science cannot explain this, though I'm sure people will try to explain it away with science. That's the that's the fad that goes on is whenever God works, people try to explain it away with some sort of scientific explanation. But God is going to show these just crazy signs and wonders and miracles to the earth. And the people will want to hopefully want to turn to God when they see these signs and wonders before the coming of the glorious day of the Lord. And God does this. God shows these signs and wonders to the people of the earth so that they won't be destroyed when Jesus comes again. So they'll turn away from their sin and search for God. That's what it says here. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So when these people see these these incredible signs and wonders that God is performing on the earth and they see them and they're like, oh my gosh, like I am so small as compared to God, like Yahweh, I need you. I clearly need you. I need you to save me. It says that when they do that, they will be saved. Now, here's the interesting thing about this prophecy that I think a lot of people don't think about nowadays. We don't have a lot of fear of God anymore. And when I say fear of God, I'm talking about respect and awe of God. Because God literally created you with his own hands. It actually says that he knit you together in your mom's womb. And if you look outside, you can see the trees and the sky and the grass. And God literally created each and every one of those little things. I think gardening has given me a a new perspective on how amazing God is. Because I have this tiny little seed, right? Tiny little seed. And you plant it. And all of a sudden, that tiny little seed grows into this, this huge vegetable. And it's like, how did this vegetable come from that little seed? And I didn't do anything. I just put it in the ground and watered it a few times. And then all of a sudden, it produces a vegetable. That's amazing. God thought all that stuff up. He should be feared. He should be exalted. And we just don't do that anymore. I was having this conversation, actually, with my, my husband yesterday. Because um, I've been just sad about worship music recently, (laughs) just in general, because worship music is so soft, like it's so about us and our feelings and like how we feel. And like some of that's good. I'm not saying that all worship music is is bad and we can't talk about like our feelings. Right. But worshiping God without using the word I or me every other word. And it just makes me very sad because we're we're missing that aspect, I think, the most in our churches right now. That aspect of truly worshiping God just for who he is, not how he makes us feel, but who he really is and what he's done. And then we see in scripture and in the Psalms, right? And in this prophecy from Joel that God is worthy of worship. He can do everything and anything. 
And like, I can't do anything at all. (laughs) I can plant a seed and uh, wait a few weeks and get a vegetable. But that's about the amount of work that I put into that. (laughs) God was the one who produced that vegetable for me. And just like here, God's going to show these wonders in the heavens above and on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and before the great and glorious coming of the day of the Lord. So, I mean, God is worthy of our worship and just read any psalm whatsoever. I mean, yeah, David does talk about how he feels towards God. But then in the same psalm, he'll talk about just how magnificent God really is because God is just God. And we're missing that in our worship services. We're, we're missing that in worship songs. We don't sing songs anymore like How Great Thou Art, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's just so beautiful, especially the, the Carrie Underwood version of it. I just I love it. I'm not really a Carrie Underwood fan either, but I just love that song and the way she sings it. It's just so powerful. It's so powerful. And the entire song is just talking about God's incredible greatness. So we need to find more worship songs like that. And I think we need to do more of that in our day-to-day life and in our prayer life too. God, you are holy. You are so holy. Thank you for being so magnificent and for creating the world and for just doing every wonderful thing that you've ever done ever. (laughs) And we miss that. We miss some of that in our prayer life and in our worship. So my, um, my challenge for all of you guys is try to take some time every single day to just tell God, like, God, you are holy and you are worthy of honor. All right, so we're going to talk about the next portion of Peter's sermon on Thursday. So join in then because the next portion is just fighting words. And it's amazing. I just love it so much. It's so blunt and to the point. It's amazing. So we're going to talk about that on Thursday. And tune in then. Now, guys, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out my devotional Out of the Mire, you're in luck because I am now selling signed copies of Out of the Mire on my website for $15.99. And that includes tax and shipping. So grab a copy for yourself or for a friend. But I'll see you guys all tomorrow for an episode out of Judges. Faithful listeners, Happy listening and God bless.